Playwright, a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. My name is Ryan Heyman. You can call me H. And I'm Ryan Quintel. You can call me COVID-18. That's right. We've been working from home and boy, oh boy, it's great. I've yes. got Corona fever in here, baby, but not the actual Corona fever. That would be, be unfortunate. <laughs> yes. Um, I said COVID-18 because I think... I didn't realize how these it? things get named. Did you? Do you know how they name these things? I assume it was the year that it started in. Yes, that's absolutely right. What a great assumption! Okay. I did not make that connection, but I I thought it was kind of fascinating. And so viruses kind of have uh, like established dates, mm. and so COVID nineteen COVID is coronavirus disease. So that's the COVID coronavirus mm. D disease. 2019 is 19. So uh, the derivation of uh, of the naming of the coronavirus, uh, not someone something that you expected to learn on this show, but it is engulfing me at the moment. I'm trying to push through it and trying to take solace in, well, let's face it, the Division 2's Warlords of New York expansion, a game where I can take uh, relaxation in an entire population being wiped out by a virus. Well, it's uh, good to hear that you're retreating to such a healthy mental space. <laughs> H, I, uh, I have to say, so this past weekend, Jessica said, oh, I'm kind of in the mood for to watch a movie. I had a couple glasses of sake in me, and I was like, yeah, let's watch a movie. <laughs> She's like, I want to watch like a thriller or something. And she put on contagion which is the worst possible movie to watch at this point um and i was like this I will mean, be maybe fine. home alone too you could argue but uh <laughs> for similar reasons yeah but this is crazy huh e3 just got canceled yeah we might be the only ones having an actual e3 conference this year i guess we're gonna have to do it digitally this year which is gonna be a very yeah. different vibe yeah, sorry everyone who enjoyed our li- live show last year, but we're going to have to go Nintendo Direct style this time. This is also apparently true. 26 minutes ago, Tom Hanks and wife Rita Wilson diagnosed with coronavirus in Australia. Wow. Okay. Huh. If if this thing takes down Tom Hanks, I just can't anymore. If it takes Tom Hanks and not Donald Trump, it's like, come on. It's yeah, it's not fair. Oh, but anyways, uh let's let's take our minds off of that for just the yes. briefest of moments. Yes. And let's, let's uh, pitch some video games. All right, you're going first. What are you bringing us? I have a very non-virus-based pitch for you today. Um, my pitch is, it, it started with uh, thinking about the series Bomberman and how Bomberman went away for a while and it kind of had this moment on Switch early in the Switch's life where they were like, we're going to do another Bomberman. And it kind of came out and it was kind of uh, nothing. It was sort of... A little more of the same. It wasn't great. It didn't run super well. Um, and it was such a shame because I think the Bomberman franchise has a lot of legs. So I want to pitch to you this week a uh, sort of endless or maybe larger Bomberman continuous map uh, where you can play with up to three friends 
and it's a roguelike or a roguelite or whatever we want to call it. Mm -hmm. You actually go and just keep moving around this map as you go to different sections. There are different types of enemies and you're bombing your way, clearing paths and all of that stuff. And you can imagine we could introduce uh, a store and upgrades and kind of all this stuff. All right. I'm going to go ahead and start the clock there. All right. So open world Bomberman. This is interesting so um let's think maybe a little bit more in the terms of like maybe a better framework to think of it is um like rogue legacy is like there's kind of one big map but as you get into different sections you encounter different enemies so there maybe there is a way to like quote beat it so what are if you could educate me a little bit what are the different types of bomber men in the series history you know like what kind of different power sets and uh different types of bombs do we have to work with just let's get the raw materials out on the table yes that's a good question uh and so i was also thinking about like could this potentially have four four players and four different classes right so uh bomberman can do things like hold on uh, there were mechanics in uh, the n64 era i don't know if it was true before that where you could kind of hang on to a bomb and like tap a button to sort of beef it up and throw a really big bomb that has a a wider blast radius. You have kind of classic Bomberman who sets down bombs and his whole thing is as he gets better, uh, he can just set more at a time. Um, There was the sort of cherry bomb, which uh, was a bomb that uh, kind of went uh, up and down and left and right and could like blow out instead of like a radius around it it was like um kind of an x and y around it i was even thinking you could do like a smaller fast bomberman and have that character be able to drop several bombs but have them be like less damage or something you mentioned kind of a multiplayer type of setup in what ways would people be able to work together or um help each other out. You know, I always think of Bomberman as being such like such a game where like you can even like hurt yourself if you're not careful. And so I can imagine having more than one bomber uh, on your party at a time, like how helpful would that really be versus would they just be essentially other enemies? Yeah, that's a good question. So if friendly fire is on, then that certainly makes it uh, an interesting thing. I think multiplayer mm-hmm. roguelike in general, it feels like something I haven't seen a lot of before. But I was thinking maybe you could do like a Spelunky type of thing where you can purchase upgrades in stores. Maybe uh, the group themselves earns a pool of cash. And when you get to a store, you have to sort of talk through how the cash will be spent. Um, I understand that like Call of Duty's Battle Royale mode has some sort of uh, team cash pool mechanics that that could be interesting. I know that a game that you've been playing a little bit lately is Diablo 3. And I was kind of thinking of uh, ways that that type of maybe kind of isometric perspective or that type of gameplay could be used in a Bomberman type setting. I think that would be cool. Have like the sort of, yeah, the sort of tilt to the screen and not just do the plane up, down, left, right. I think one of the things that makes like Bomberman kind of interesting and unique is the, the fact that you can die from your own bomb, right? So that, that sort of concept of like, you can place these things, but then you're always trying to place them so that you'll be able to quickly run around a corner or get out of the way. That's kind of, I could see doing that with four people being this like, Um, what happens when they want to go in different directions? Does the screen do the sort of like, 
I think you've seen in Nintendo games before, like the screen kind of dynamically splits apart uh, and then like comes back together and reforms as people get closer. Yeah, that was a uh, Toe Jam and Earl thing originally, and then it was perfected by the Lego series. That was a Toe Jam and Earl thing? Yeah, they were the ones who, at least to my knowledge, like they were the first ones that I've ever seen do that kind of like dynamic split screen. That's unbelievable. Wow. So um, environmental destruction, big piece of the puzzle when it comes to Bomberman being able to kind of blow blocks apart. I like, actually, I should uh, backtrack a little bit. Did you play the, uh, what is it, Bomberman R on the Switch? I think it's called. That is, yeah, that's the Bomberman game that I played most recently. And it was, um, you know, it was underwhelming in many, many ways. Okay. One of the things that stood out to me, I've never played it myself, but I've you know, I was keeping up with it because it was one of the Switch launch titles and, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, information about launch titles is always abundant. But uh, um, one of the things that surprised me was that even though the game essentially operated on like a grid based structure, your character didn't adhere to the grid, which felt to me like a essential part of Bomberman. Like, you know, the, the bombs explode in a grid based pattern and like the whole thing is you got to stay off the squares that the uh bomb is exploding onto and so you know how do you do that when you can kind of like be halfway between squares and move you know unrestrained by that grid-based structure yeah and i think that there was there was it was a little closer to what bomberman 64 was able to do but what bomberman 64 i thought did really well is even though it was not like your traditional total grid-based bomberman you had like almost mario cart 64 like battle maps that had uh blocks that could be destroyed and stuff but the whole point was kind of to get your opponent to walk into one of your bombs and i think like having it be freeform and that worked really well because you had space to move but this sort of analog movement but also having a clear grid made mm-hmm. bomberman or uh, or whatever it's called, kind of a mess. In a more kind of open world type of environment, do we want to do we want to hold people to a grid, or do we want to evolve the way that bombs work? Do we want to maintain that level of the the gameplay, or do we want to kind of take it in a different direction? Well, that's kind of interesting. I would love to bring the Bomberman sixty four style back. In fact, I might pull up a Bomberman sixty four gameplay video just to talk through it. But the what I really kind of think is cool is Bomberman could almost become, um, if it was a little bit more free form, you could almost see it taking on the feeling of an action RPG uh, or something where players are able to kind of walk around. They're blasting things with bombs. Bombs now have like explosion radius and they have like amount of damage that they do. And so you can see like in a Bomberman 64 uh, map on N64, you'll get, uh, mm-hmm. there's a, quite a bit of open space and then there's, um, blowing up different tiles are the things that have upgrades underneath them. So of course it creates a, like people competing for the upgrades and the risk reward of kind of blowing up your bomber, like beefing it up to become bigger and have a larger explosion means it's, uh, something that you have to hold on for a longer period of time. So mm-hmm. you're not able to like get rid of, Um, a bomb that might be near you or kick it away or something like that. So then enemies, uh, what are we thinking about? I I think mobs of enemies would be fun to just kind of like set a bomb in the middle of them and watch them all go flying in different directions. But 
bosses, things that we can adapt into this new genre and style? Do you think we can just basically carry over the kind of maze-like structures of Bomberman courses, sprinkle them throughout the world? Or do you want to do more creative things with the boss encounters? Wouldn't it be cool to think of it almost in the style of a uh, of a Breath of the Wild, where you have this kind of main map that is this sort of open experience. It has the different sections, which contain different types of enemies and difficulties of enemies. But maybe you have these like little uh, mazes and stuff that you can uh, head into. Maybe there's like hedge mazes or something all over the map. And as you get into a maze, you start to hear like, classic Bomberman music kick off and uh, and you can kind of maybe those are the bosses of the land right like successfully navigating the maze um, and defeating the bosses within those so you have to kind of be good at the classic Bomberman style um, and which I think you could still do multiplayer multiplayer co-op or competitive then also have that kind of like open world Bomberman experience. We're uh, we're just about out of time. Let's wrap that up and let's uh, let's come up with a name for this new Bomberman experience. It's I feel like it's a cop out just to say like Bomb of the Wild or something like that. Bomb of the Wild, like a like the Zelda game. <laughs> yeah, there's already been a Bomberman world. What a shame! I feel like Bomberman has to be in it. Okay, Bomberman. <laughs> That's forever. fair. I'll, I'll accept that. What? <laughs> What if you called it Bombs Away or something like that? Bombs Away. Bomberman. Bomberman bombs away. Well, let's communicate that it's somehow like a multiplayer or like a roguelite or a quest or something that you would be mm. doing with your friends. Bomberman. What do they call like having a bunch of... Bo- Is it like a stockpile? A payload? Bomberman. Bomberman payload. Bomb runners. Bomb buddies. Bomb buddies <laughs> or bomb brothers? <laughs> <laughs> Bomb Buddies is, yeah, I think you could do... Kind of catchy. <laughs> is there a way to be a little... Should we be a little bit more gender neutral here instead of... Oh, maybe he's not always a man. Buddies, necessarily. Bomb... No, I know, but Bomb Buddies... Just Bomb Buddies or Bomberman Bomb Buddies? Well, I mean, Bomberman is the name of the series. I think it would be right to uh, put that name on yeah. it. All right. Bomberman Bomb Buddies. Or I even like Bomberman <laughs> Buddies, to be honest with you. I, I think Bomb Buddies is, is really fun to say. I'll, I'll let, let's keep that in. Yeah. It's just a nice little uh, combination of, of It feels like it could be there. like 20 or 30 bucks. It's on Switch. It's a good time. <laughs> okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch something now. So how about a point and click adventure game where every item works as a solution to every problem? <laughs> so oh I'm thinking of just like... <laughs> fun creative ways to make sure that every single item you can possibly pick up is uh it's like the anti-frustration point and click adventure where really like the name of the game is just coming up with like the stupidest combinations of of things that you could possibly think of and seeing how the developers got that specific thing to work so I'm going to start the clock there on the easiest point-and-click point adventure ever made. Um, this, I think this is high comedy potential, to be sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is... I, I go around, I, I imagine there's some way to collect objects, like your typical point-and-click adventure, and now I'm mm-hmm. I'm just like... I have a, a can of peas, and I'm going to use it to unlock a door. I was thinking the game kind of starts off in a typical, there's no puzzles at the beginning necessarily. It's just kind of like you 
exploring the town and collecting a bunch of stuff and players start to get in their heads of like, oh boy, I've got like, you know, 12 inventory items and they're all a little kind of obscure and weird. And then you come up to something that's really straightforward. Like, you know, I, I'm at a locked door. What do I do with this? And then, you know, you could either select the key in your inventory or you can pick out something random and see how it works and the animations involved in that. Yeah. So what's cool uh, about this to me, and I think one thing that we could do as an exercise or a thought experiment is to sort of design what the onboarding or the tutorial looks like for this thing. So I I do like the idea of first you're given, you you get a key and you have to get out of a room, right? So you go to the door, you Mm -hmm. use the key, but you still have the key potentially. Well, maybe it's not additive, but you go into the next room and they, we give you uh, what are two things that are similar to solve a problem, like a door or a switch or something. Mm-hmm. Or you have to cross, you have to cross a chasm, and we give you like a rope or a pole. And so, like obviously, you don't know yet that everything works. And so, unless we call the game "Everything Works," which is a, a funny idea. Um, so you, you know, we give you a sticker pull and then you're like, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to choose the stick or yeah, a stick or a, um, a rope rather. So I'm going to choose a stick and you pull vault over. Okay. I got it. And then, then you're given three disparate things or two disparate things to like get out of the next room to like something that definitely shouldn't work or something. Like how would we get someone to try something that shouldn't work? Never give them something rather useful. Than, like this, this feels a little like little um, test chambery right now. Like I don't yeah. necessarily want it to be like a room to room progression. Like I want there to be that sense of adventure that you get in a Monkey Island or something like that, where you know you're following a narrative, you're kind of meeting your character and getting to know their world. Yeah, because I mean, I always get like anxiety playing adventure games as they start to give me items that I know I'm going to need for something. Mm-hmm. I even had that like playing mist, right? Where they're like, mm-hmm. you see, uh, <laughs> are you paying attention to this thing? Like you're probably going to need it later for something. And then I think what I, what I enjoy about your idea here is it, well, I guess maybe it takes the game out of it in some ways, but the stress of trying to remember all the things you have. And I think this creates a very shareable, like, look, I got the guy to get out of handcuffs with peanut butter. Well, let's think of like a, a fun setting that we can set this in. You know, I always default back to like the monkey Island just because it like, that's the one that I really kind of like fell in love with the genre with, but uh, you know, what, um, what kind of fun settings, time periods, whatever could we set this in? <laughs> one of the things I, I, okay, now, now we're getting into some COVID territory here. I could be fun to do it like during the middle ages during like the plague or something like that. <laughs> Have it in okay. like a, just a deadly, sad, serious setting or be a plague doctor with that weird bird mask. And mm-hmm. you just you're not going to be able to solve the thing. Right. You're not going to cure the plague. Uh, so <laughs> you're just kind of like trying to treat patients and stuff with whatever you've got lying around. I guess that I don't mean to turn it more into a sim. What else? Or can it, we do? It, it might be kind of fun to do like a like this brings to mind like a Mr. Magoo type of character that. It's just like everything just kind of like works out for him. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Um, oh, I love it. Actually, when you say the Mr. Magoo, 
type of character. It who is the cinematic Mr. Magoo? I would argue it's Forrest Gump. Okay. Right, which is like he goes and he does these crazy That's things. Fair. Okay. And, uh, and, you know, he ends up on TV or he ends up, you know, meeting the president or all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. What if you told like this Maguian character's odyssey of like from the, from child to death, like everything just working out for this person. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. One of the point and click adventure games that I played more recently was uh, Thimbleweed Park. And yeah, one of, uh, one of my favorite, like just little things that you could do throughout the game is collect specks of dust, which I, I haven't beat the game. So I don't know if they like finally ended up adding up to something, but like in almost every screen in the game, there's just like one, you know, pixel that's just kind of like dust colored rather than fitting in with the rest of the environment. And you could pick it up, add it to your pocket. And then there was kind of like a running tally in your pocket of all of the dust that you had collected and uh it's just such like a funny weird thing that like i kind of i i'm curious if it ended up being used for something or if it was just like a red herring pickup but um just the fact that there are such you know strange oblique sometimes useless items in these old point and click adventures uh would make it fun to you know find um secret items that you could really cleverly hide within the environment things that and then, you know, things that might be a little bit more tricky to get, you have to go through a whole series of very specific steps to get an item. Then you could only use it once per game. And so you'd get people kind of sharing their experiences of, uh, you know, what this silly, what the temple idol does in the, you know, you need soap for the shower scene or whatever, you know, it's all these different scenes, all these different solutions, uh, I just want to get people sharing all of the the jokes that we would hide in there. Yeah, I I love the idea of you could even kind of go full Breath of the Wild and say that maybe you can only keep uh, a few items on you at a time or items break. So you're kind of forced to do everything, though. I love the idea of the peanut butter run. I think that's very funny. Just keep <laughs> using peanut butter to solve every problem. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> maybe it could be like a new game plus is like the items don't break after oh, one use. Yeah, 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 that's funny. <laughs> and then, so and you could also have like if you have a little house or something, maybe this is mm. this is um kind of on the scale of uh of a Stardew Valley or something like that. Um where you have your little house and everything that you can't keep in your inventory, you kind of keep at your house, so you go back to your house, mm. you're like, oh, somebody's stuck in a well i've got just the thing for this and you go back to your house and you get like a bag of grapes and you're like oh this will help this person and uh and i guess in that scenario the person they can use the grapes as flotation devices to get to the (laughs) or they plant they plant them in a tree sprouts or i was thinking that they eat the grapes and contently live in the well just yeah (laughs) they stay uh I, i think you would eventually i mean you'd have to have every solution end up more or less solving the problem in the same way, or at least leading to the same outcome so that you don't like, so that you're not having to spend your entire life writing like story eventualities. Yeah. I mean like 
technically you'd have to write literally a solve and animate and and design a solve mm-hmm. for every well i guess you could just say what happened but i think that's less funny but then you know if one thing kind of leads to the next you would want to make sure that that next step is set up by the previous one i wonder if there's like a depending on if there's like multi-step puzzles depending on the first thing you do it kind of limits the next space so like okay, the way I solved this puzzle was the this thing, then the this thing, then the this thing, and each time it kind of narrows it down. So, But the starting point could be anything. So you just have to sort of develop the trees of stuff, and you can actually build more puzzles that way because you're limiting the, the problem space for yourself. All right, we're out of time. Let's close it down. Let's name it. Do like one of the last things that you said was trees of stuff, which is just vague enough to uh, <laughs> trees to of fit. stuff. Too bad somebody already took everything. Yeah, what a shame. Be a good one too. What, what would you call a problem solver? Maybe that just that, or it could just be like, uh, you know, Mister Major's very best day, jack of all trades, Mister Major's very best day. I like everything except for children's book. I think it's perfect. I, the major Mr. Majors. Just any name. It's fine. I know. I know, but I want to like the name itself should even, because Magoo is so funny. Yeah, it is. Mr. (laughs) What if we go, what, what is like messing things up? What if we called him like the opposite of what he doesn't call him? Like Mr. Bungle or something. (laughs) There's a, so there's an old, um, public service announcement like an educational short featuring a hand puppet named mr bungle that (laughs) for some reason like a punk band ended up adopting that name and so there is now a punk band called mr bungle based on an old like 1950s educational short so Uh, that is that is a good name and uh it's not been used in the video game space to my knowledge so all right i i do kind of like that mr bungle's very best day very best day mr bungle's very best day (laughs) I like it. All right. Let's uh let's go over to the community and see what they have to say this week. I will say cheers and applaud to whoever signed us up for the Perfume Society <laughs> mailing list because they do not quit. They have sent a, a few emails thus far. They're aggressively email marketing at that company. Well, let's take a look at the most recent one. So this comes from the Perfume Society. I assume this is some sort of secret underground society where they do unspeakable things behind closed doors and speak <laughs> hey, you might be getting into the pitch don't, don't steal our thunder here. Know, all right all right let's save it for the 10 minutes we got some time to fill so this is latest perfume launches will fast track you to spring and a little emoji of a flower there from the perfume society discover explore enjoy to sparkle for spring in this week's latest launches. <laughs> See all latest launches, luxury layering discovery box if one cents good or can be better. Buy before March 20th and, the, and be entered into a prize draw to win full-size perfume. <laughs> all oh. right. Um, and then there's uh, Sniff, the pioneering app that helps sense of smell. Absent have launched a smell training app that will rebuild or enhance your fifth sense. Read more. Get a free welcome gift when you become a VIP member. More info. All right, so there's uh, there's a lot to work with there. I'm I'm very curious about this sniff thing because as far as I know, phones can't smell. So um, <laughs> hey, let's start the clock and figure this out. Hey, what about this? Uh, what if we get? We have, it's been a while since we've gone into the realm of offering uh, a, an outside of the screen experience. 
what if you buy this game physically, okay? And it comes with a, a, a little box and the box has numbered little slots on it or it just has this little box that you can kind of take things out of and you take out these numbered cards and each card has a smell, has a little bit of smell mm-hmm. to it. And the cards are numbered and stuff. And so what you can do in the game world, you're also you also have a game companion, of course, to go along with it. You have to go hunt down what you think made that smell. Okay. So there's a very limited shelf life to this product then. It's <laughs> yeah. a game that could One become... I mean, getting back to Monkey Island, notoriously that game and a lot of early point-and-click adventure games came with like a um, pirate wheel, uh, some sort of a physical thing in the box that was a puzzle you'd had to solve that would be referenced in game as kind of an anti-piracy measure so yeah maybe there's a you know what do we uh what do we want to would we be essentially making this game unplayable for future generations would be strictly contained within this era of video gaming it's a good question so uh (laughs) i'm i'm trying to think about how to the reason why I went there is I'm trying to think about how to represent something like smell in a virtual space. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen video games do visual cues, right? To, to talk mm-hmm. about smell. They're like, oh, here's like green dust. And that's, uh, you know, the witcher smelling something or something like that. Smelling or, a fart from miles away. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Geralt knows when you're crop dusting him and he is not happy about it. <laughs> the, the sort of idea of being able to go and kind of create the sense of smell in a video game seems like an insurmountable challenge, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. So what kind of cues could we give our audience members? You know, there would be facial expressions made by the characters on screen. This could be the first second person game where you have to play entirely based on inferences on facial expressions. There could be uh, I mean, maybe you judge smell by like, the direction that animals move when i don't know something you know like you'd see a bunch of uh, a bunch of like seagulls or pigs or something around in a certain direction i don't know that that these are all visual cues though you know yeah. i don't know if we've quite found it yet yeah it's why i'm i'm like <laughs> we have uh nowadays right 4d movie theaters and i guess they like i don't know blow air at you or something i'm not quite sure mm-hmm. But they do. What um, is there like a maybe there's like an accessory, a true thing that like snaps onto your controller, uses just a tiny, very gentle uh, fan, very low power fan um, powered by USB actually comes with just like scent packs that have a whole little like just a couple drops of essential oil in them each and now you can kind of in real time sort of mix and serve up different smells as you game didn't one of the south park games do this wasn't there some <laughs> sort know, of like a it, does, it sounds like scented that. add-on hmm. i'd have to google it oh uh, it's it i mean it's not a big deal <laughs> this thing would have to be smart enough to be able to mix the smells though i think that's like you know and and you'd have to you know, potentially you're going to have a couple oils in there that are not like good smelling, right? You just kind of want them to, to be able to create a cocktail that suggests, you know, I don't know, a busy city block or something, which I guess smells like trash. And anyways, I mean, this, um, this perfume email, uh, does say that it comes with a box of four perfumes. Um, actually, uh, uh, my partner got a, uh, a box of like a bunch of 
just kind of like little sample sizes of perfumes and it's meant to be like mixed and matched to um to produce different like scent combinations uh and so you know maybe each game comes with little bottles of perfume that you're supposed to i guess match and then see what they smell like and those will give you clues as to like where characters are being held captive or something like that like this one smells like the harbor i better head down that way but oh, you would have to be like you'd have to there would be cues as to which one you would match and mix and match at a time again like we're anything that has a physical component is going to run out and uh not translate well to the used game market <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's good i can imagine the game being like scent pack will run out soon please replace <laughs> you gotta i mean you'd have to like essentially be able to give someone let's say it comes with who knows we i mean i guess we see things like the um the old version of uh animal crossing had like a full amiibo in it so nintendo does do semi semi large uh, boxes uh, at times so what if we say over a hundred hours of scent included <laughs> that's uh it's quite a promise can we live up to it yeah i hope so a lot of smell i do like the idea of using smell to kind of indicate how to solve a puzzle though that's smart to me so um what does uh i mean what i, I guess without being indelicate about it like what is Fun about well, what's fun about this because <laughs> you know i i don't have a great sense of smell like i have trouble smelling like even pretty pungent things on a good day so like mm-hmm. i i guess this would just be a game that like wouldn't be for me and that's fine but like what what's the gameplay hook what, what would keep people coming back to it so what i'm thinking right is uh what's kind of interesting about it is it's not like it's not like distinct i think it's if you're going to play, like, let's say the game Everything, for example, maybe each creature, you know, has a different sense of smell or a different um, thing that they smell like. Just the idea of being able to, quote, fully immerse someone. Uh, you could even do like a larger fan add-on that plugs into your like monitor USB slot or your your Xbox thing and is able to generate more of like, it's basically an essential oil diffuser at that point, but <laughs> which is <laughs> not a, a bad idea. Actually. The next generation of consoles. <laughs> yeah, This is what the series X is going to deliver. Smell of vision. Finally. <laughs> uh, I would be here for it, by the way. Um, mm. I think what's kind of interesting about it to me is in the same, it's, it's got the same level of novelty as the, uh, the touchpad or the, um, the sort of gyroscope in the PS4's uh, controller, like the idea of mm-hmm. in Until Dawn, like just the little hold it still sort of stuff, or the um, flick it in a direction, or didn't didn't <laughs> this generation promise like pressure sensitive buttons, like the buttons, or I think the PS4 actually, does the actually PS2 had that. So I mean, we've had analog triggers forever, but like the uh, Metal Gear Solid games on PS2 could tell how hard you were pushing the face buttons too. Yeah. So I think it's just another one of those things, how well um, people, people feel about it, I think is, or, or how, how often it gets implemented. It feels like a platform feature. You know, I think it's probably going to be limited to, to somebody who just wants to do something really weird and ambitious. I see a Kojima wanting to mess with it before I see like a call of duty, looking to mess with it. Call of Duty is like, what smells like bullets and smoke? 
or this could be implemented into like a Wadham style game as well. Yeah, I, 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 the idea of it being like a fun indie game, just even imagine if like something small, like a small scale charming game came with a little scratch and sniff thing inside of its instruction manual. <laughs> I think that would be, you know, that's cool in a way that like, oh my God, I didn't even know that they could still make scratch and sniff stuff. But like, <laughs> all right, that's all the time that we have there. Let's wrap it up and um and come up with a name so my name for this is it a technology i guess it's a technology could be a game could be a console i think we flirted with the idea of (laughs) the smell console Uh uh-huh the smell box (laughs) what if what if it's an adventure game called your i hope that this makes you laugh if it does not gonna be sad post nasal trip post nasal trip what is a nasal trip a term no, postnasal drip is the oh. <laughs> medical term. <laughs> and you're taking a postnasal trip. That's fun. I like that. And it could be like real kind of psychedelic uh, cover art on top yes. of that as well. Yeah, that gives you permission to do all sorts of patchouli smells too, which is like <laughs> 50% of essential oils. <laughs> all right. Uh, postnasal trip. Thank you very much, <laughs> the Perfume Society, for sending that one in. Uh, we're going to have to figure out what to do with the rest of these emails from the Perfume Society. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, Perfume Society, for providing a very legally compliant uh, unsubscribe link from the bottom. <laughs> but uh, maybe we'll collect them for a little while longer, see if we get anything else juicy in there. We'll see. Uh, but it doesn't look like we're running low anytime soon. So um, oh, this is there's some interesting stuff in here. Anyways, <laughs> huh. I guess we'll tackle that next week. Yeah, um, absolutely. Anyways, if you would like to send in a pitch or subscribe us to a newsletter of your choosing, you can do so <laughs> by uh, emailing us playwrightcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, playwrightcast.com slash pitch, or you can tweet us at playwrightcast. Special thank you to Protodome for the use of our theme song, Hello World, off the album Blue Noise. Uh, I said that right, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Blue oh, the Noise. album Blue Noise. I, geez, when I break my rhythm, I basically can't do this show anymore. Special thank you to Protodome of the album Blue Noise. Uh, and go check out the other great shows on the Kane and Rinse Podcast Network, like Sound of Play, The Sausage Factory, and the Kane and Rinse Video Game Podcast. And to take us out of the show today, you're going to be giving us a miniature pitch. This actually came from a friend of mine, Davis who uh, who suggested something very simple, but just curious to know what a South Park Battle Royale would look like. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.